This is a CNA podcast. Could you just give us your thoughts on the following in just a few words? Sandwich generation, very tight, <laughs> very tight with resource. Allowance to parents, depends on their needs. Family support system, very critical. Retiring in Singapore, highly possible. Biggest need of the elderly, emotional support. Oh, thank you. If you're between 30 and 50 years old, taking care of your own children and managing your elderly parents with increasing needs, then this episode is for you. Called the sandwich generation, it's the feeling of being caught in the middle with little space to breathe. Naturally, the biggest worry of this group is how they can manage financially. Paying for kids and medical expenses for the elderly are two of the biggest costs in any couple's life cycle. Yet these clashing needs cannot be wished away. So how can we manage it better? What financial choices can we make to help us face tough choices? With me to talk through this is Mabel Tan. She's the Financial Services Director at Great Eastern. Mabel, thank you so much for coming over and spending some time with us. Yeah, most welcome. Thanks for having me. Mabel, I'd like to start with your own situation because you have elderly parents at home, but your son had a medical emergency and he needed full-time support for a while, right? Can you give us a sense of how you feel you're part of this sandwich generation? My son was born with a congenital condition. Prior to his birth, it was not detected. And that was the scary thing when, you know, everyone thought that it's going to be the normal routine just giving birth because it's my second child. My world actually came to a stop when I noticed that he needed to do like open heart surgery in order to survive. And as you know, with a young child, newborn, doing an open heart surgery, there will be recovery periods, recovery time. So these things came as also a wake-up call for me to say that there are things in life and times in life whereby there will be sudden situations that we cannot manage, especially in a dual-income family whereby I was also bringing in money for the family. And my parents are already retired, so having to provide for them. But yet, because of my son's situation then, I had to stop work to really take care of him at home. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely something I felt that was very straining on me mm -hmm. because the constant worry would be, oh, what's going to happen? Would there be sufficient amount of money to ensure that my parents can have a good life? Mm -hmm. And I have two kids, so my son is my younger child and I have an elder daughter. And these things constantly flashed in my mind. But mm -hmm. I would like to say I'm very, very thankful and very blessed because my husband could still be working and bring in part of the income. How did you manage during that time when you had a baby that had to go through open heart surgery, you had one other child and you have parents? How do you manage? On the emotional part, which I feel that is actually the most crucial thing, mm -hmm. it's really very thankful and very blessed to have family and friends to support, mm -hmm. to give me that mental encouragement to say that, no, hey, we are there with you. We understand how you feel. But on that part, I'm also very thankful that with my husband around and it's really that mindset change. Sometimes I ask, why me? Mm -hmm. Of all people, why me? Why my son? Why my family? But when I change my perspective to say, hey, perhaps there is a reason 
why I get to do this. I get to be in a position to share my story so that I can bless more and help more people around. I take him as my source of motivation mm -hmm. to say that, hey, if he's a fighter from young, mm -hmm. getting out of his situation, what more as his mom? Mm -hmm. I have to be that role model to be strong for him mm -hmm. and to encourage him every day. Then on the financial aspect, definitely, I'll tell myself that sometimes it's not good to worry too much. We tend to always have all the responsibilities in our life. But it's also important to take things step by step. Because as we get very worried, especially when emotions come to us, mm -hmm. we'll find that our whole mind is very clouded. Mm -hmm. And when it's very clouded, that's where we start doing very rash decisions. But if we take things step by step, clear it one at a time and be very open in the communication like with my parents if I needed help and to share with them that hey maybe in the past we could have um, spent on certain things but now let's work on this together let's pull through this tough time together mm -hmm. and we believe that things are going to get better after that so it's really that very open communication when it comes to finances mm -hmm. I'm sure it was hard for everybody you know in the whole household yes. to experience something like yep. that What's your sense when you speak to a lot of people who are in the sandwich generation? Do you think they are on the right track in managing their finances to address the needs that they have? I would say in general, most of them feel very stressed out about it. The good thing to note is that more and more people in the sandwich generation are embracing financial planning and speaking to a trusted advisor to sort things out. Mm -hmm. The main issue I have with a lot of them is that they have no clarity of what they are doing. Okay. And many of them are actually fine because they started their savings early. Mm -hmm. They actually have a, some form of investment and they also really started children's education planning. But the problem is... They buy policies here and there. They have monies in different banks. And when looking at their daily costs, they'll be like, oh no, I'm not handling well, I'm not doing well. So having clarity to know exactly what is the step they are taking and where are they heading towards becomes very important. Mm -hmm. And dividing or deciding how to allocate our resources, especially when it comes to our family members, it's not really just about dollars and cents, right? It's sometimes seen as a reflection of how much we value the people we love and how much we want to help them because they are our family members. What should be our mindset when approaching this topic of supporting our elderly parents on top of the responsibilities that you already have? I guess the word filial piety, especially in the Asian context, mm -hmm. is always something that comes out. And I always like to suggest this many times when resources are really tight and we know that there are certain things that need to be done. If we don't take care of ourselves, how can we be in the position to take care of others? And it's not so much about if I don't give more money to my parents, it shows that, you know, I'm not a good child, I'm not a good daughter. Mm -hmm. But again, it boils back down to open communication. Mm -hmm. And when your parents understand that, hey, times are tight, they also would say that hey, it's okay, maybe let's do this together. And when things get better, maybe more resources can be allocated to them. Mm -hmm. And many people tend to think that, oh, I'm just going to use cash money. I'm just going to give my parents cash money. Mm -hmm. But sometimes is giving cash always the best? May or may not be because it depends on how that cash money can be used. So there will be different tools available that you can help lengthen the ability to continue to give your parents that income when they need in their retirement. But having said that, I also do agree that for parents, 
talking about finances is yeah. pretty taboo to a certain yeah. extent. They'll be like, oh, why you need to know how much I have? Mm. And no, why should I be telling you all these things since I'm your parent? Yeah. In my daily course of work and even at home, sometimes mm-hmm. I wear two hats. I wear a hat as a daughter and as a financial advisor. So when I talk to my parents about money initially, they were like, oh, why do you need to know how much I have? Are you trying to see how much money you can get from me? And all these things naturally do comes out. Mm-hmm. So that's where we have to really explain to them that, hey, in fact, I want you to live long and well. And by living long and well, there are ways to help you ensure that you have the confidence to enjoy the life that you intended to. Mm-hmm. However, are you confident? So when you bring the word about confidence in and say that, let me help you and see whether how you can ensure these things can give you the kind of retirement lifestyle you want. Mm. And at the same time, do not need to leave so much for me as your child. Mm. It's really to take care of yourself first because by taking care of yourself, you are actually helping me make things better. Mm-hmm. And how you can actually complement whatever you have with CPF life and with many government schemes that gives you a very robust retirement life. Mm-hmm. And by explaining these things to them clearly, mm-hmm. it gives them the revelation that, oh, okay, that's your intention. And I shouldn't be thinking so much that, you know, why are you asking me about my money? Mm. And it is a tough conversation, as you mentioned. So on the other hand, sometimes they're not very forthcoming about their needs, yes. right? They don't want to tell us about what they need because it's just not something we do usually. What red flags should we watch out for when it comes to our parents to make sure that they're okay? One personal thing I've personally faced, mm-hmm. right, is when my parents are unwell, Mm-hmm. When they're unwell, they don't te- dare to tell me yeah. for fear that they will become a burden. Yeah. And that happened actually a couple of years back when I was very busy with my work and mm. my dad was being unwell. And my mom hid it from me. My dad didn't want to tell me. No. And it was only when I started seeing hospital bills being sent to my home. Oh. And there was, I started questioning. I said, hey, what's happening? Because my dad was going for consultations without my knowledge. And when I see claims coming from, because my parents actually bought some insurance from me previously. So I was asking my dad, hey, what's happening? That's where my dad said, oh, I don't want you to worry. And I think I can handle. Oh. So that's where I started sharing with my parents that sometimes telling us in advance mm-hmm. is actually helping us manage the situation better. Mm-hmm. Because had I not known about it, I wouldn't then make time to ensure that all the resources are in place because subsequently that led to a major surgery that he had to do. Many times we always think that by shielding everything from our loved ones, we are helping. But not knowing is something more scary. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to make preparations beforehand, this gives Mm. us who are in this sandwich generation a peace of mind Mm. because we get to plan things for contingency. Hi, I'm Stephen Chia, and I host the new season of our podcast, Heart of the Matter. Join me in getting right to the heart of the headlines as we speak with experts and newsmakers to delve deep into the most talked about news developments. Look out for our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of our parents didn't buy insurance when they were younger. And now we kind of have to face the consequences of some of their choices. And sometimes it can feel like it's too late. Yes. (laughs) What can we do to ensure that they are as prepared as they can be, even though they're already in their golden years? Very thankful for Singapore 
mm-hmm. giving a lot of resources, like for example, healthcare needs. Every one of us as Singaporeans, we actually have medical life. Mm-hmm. So in such a sequence whereby if let's say resources are really tight and nothing has been planned for our parents prior to this, we need to be aware of what are the different kinds of, in terms of insurance, if you're looking at the coverage, the protection needs that they already have and work within the means. Okay. Because one thing that is, I would say, a catastrophic thing, if the parents do not have private medical insurance mm-hmm. and in the event of an injury or illness, they are being sent to a private hospital and that will chalk out unnecessary costs. Mm. But if you are aware of what your parents have, like example, only medical life, and you actually use a government restructured hospital in the C-class level, that's where you manage costs down quite a fair bit. So again, having that awareness of what they already have and work within that means is actually very possible. For the sandwich generation, helping our parents, that's just one part of the situation. We also have our kids to support. So how do you balance the two? A common question I get as well, children versus parents, which one comes (laughs) as priority? Yeah, so I would say in the younger years when the children are much younger, the major milestones and education to me is more of an essential need in today's world whereby we need to give them baseline education. Mm. But baseline education need not be something extravagant as well because mm. some people I know tend to over plan for a lot of things. So my suggestion is that you might want to plan something that probably a local degree costs if really resources are really tight. So in the event, the children takes an alternative route, being mm. very smart as scholars. This money can then be used to supplement your own retirement income. And once they are born, as soon as possible, start accumulating that money. Because with time, the money can accumulate at an easier level. Mm. Because the shorter the time you have, the more money you need to put in mm. to double that. And you mentioned earlier that we have to take care of ourselves before we take care of others. And I know it's been said that we can be the last sandwich generation. Where do retirement and long-term needs fit into this long list of needs and responsibilities that we face? We also need to look at the timeline of events. Okay. When I mean the timeline of events, it means that there will be things happening before our own retirement. Example, children's education or parents' sudden financial health care needs, which may or may not be taken care of by insurance if they have not bought earlier. So these things may actually suddenly be taken precedence to our retirement planning. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it is then important to say, if they are currently still in the health condition, that they can do something about it, plug all the gaps. Okay. Like if they can get a healthcare insurance, please get one. If they ensure that certain resources are still available for them, please maximize the use of how you can grow those resources, like the little retirement savings that they have, maximize the use of it. There are many tools out there, like even Singapore Savings Bonds are giving awesome rates now. Some investments still can be done for the elderly, although people may tend to have a misconception about investment with elderly parents. Mm. And for children, I think in this day and age, being in a very realistic society, a basic education is necessary. So to ensure that these things are already in place, then questions always come about, what more do I have left for my retirement? So there is nothing too small for us to start off. Mm. And once you have your first pot of money, it gets easier. There will be more things available for you to start getting things going. Mm. So it's never too late to start. The time is always to really act now. Mm. It's really about managing what you have, right? Managing how much money you are able to bring in to the family, 
household. And I know you think that Singaporeans tend to be asset rich, but cash poor. And can you give us examples of what that looks like? Okay, I would say in terms of Singaporeans' point of view, everyone loves to buy property. Right. And in a way, you say property is a good investment. Because mm-hmm. property, most people will say that I can see the property, it generally appreciate it. Yeah. in value. Mm-hmm. And most of them will say that hey, when I retire, I'll just rent out one property mm-hmm. and that gives me a perpetual income that I do not need to worry about. Mm-hmm. But building up towards that is where the stress point comes. And especially we all know rising interest rate, which is also one of the talk of the town. Mm-hmm. And that's where we see a lot of people getting very stuck because when they invest in things that are very tight and they lock their money up, sometimes it may not always be the best way. So while I say property is a good way of investment, it may not be suitable for everyone. So I would always suggest that before you think about going into property, going into buying an asset to create new assets, which is a good thing, really look through currently what you have first. Managing your daily costs, I would say it's a bare minimal that we need to ensure that things are going well. And sometimes even putting money aside, little bit like even $10, $20 a month extra and building that first pot of money up first can help us alleviate future costs that will be coming. Yeah. And what does that look like if you are focusing on managing your cash and not being too caught up in trying to accumulate these types of investments that might not necessarily help you immediately when you need the money? I wouldn't suggest that they don't accumulate for the future or don't invest in such properties. It's more so about being very clear about the current position they are in. Mm -hmm. Because it is true that if you want to create that current passive income, there are many instruments to do so. Mm -hmm. Not just via property. Property is one of them. And if let's say you like the property method of getting passive income, Mm -hmm. you might want to plan it ahead to say, hey, maybe I would like to get a property in a couple of years time. Now may not be the best time. Instead of jumping all into a bandwagon because everyone say property is a good investment, let's go. Mm -hmm. And that is also a tendency we then to see when certain markets or certain asset class are deemed to be the good ones, everyone just jump on board. Mm. But I would suggest take a step back, assess your current situation and think about how you can best allocate your money. Mm. Because I always tell my clients, we all have finite resource. I also wish that sometimes I can just have like times two or times three or what I have. But no, we all have finite resource. Mm -hmm. So how we allocate them into the different segments become essential And the proper allocation with clarity would actually help us get ourselves towards where we want to be. And our personal goals may differ from our friends and our relatives. So we cannot just base on whatever others are doing and just follow suit 100%. Thank you so much for giving us such great insights today, Mabel. You mentioned how it's so important to have an open conversation with our parents and that we have to focus on managing costs and allocating what seems like a very finite set of resources that we have. And another great thing you said is how we have to take care of ourselves before we can take care of others. Thank you so much. Yeah, most welcome. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Money Talks. The team behind this podcast is Jacqueline Chan, Joanne Chan, Daniel Lee, and Crispina Robert. Till next time, this is Sarah Caldi.